This is the Action Network Podcast. And it is good! Alright, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch! They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown! You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my god, that's incredible! Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. Alright? That is the ultimate kibosh. You want a bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Happy Thanksgiving and welcome to the Action Network Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your NFL Week 12 betting preview with odds courtesy of BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network Podcast. I am joined, as always, by my Action Network colleague, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky. Happy holidays, Stuck. What's going on? Not much. Just fresh off of uh, another another sweep. Oh, yeah. Four nice. in a row for the pod. Sweep. I think two by yeah. me, then two by you. So Yeah, we got to get right. that elusive uh, double sweep no. for this uh, that, year. Yeah. The eight now. The double sweep right, plus yeah. two. You know, it's Thanksgiving. I'm th- I want to say two things that I'm thankful for. One, all of uh, the listeners out there. We do appreciate all of you and hope uh, you enjoy the holiday. And hopefully we can bring you some winners here. Happy Thanksgiving, gamblers. We're thankful for you. And then also I'm thankful for the fact that I don't believe the Cardinals play this weekend, which means that <laughs> uh, I won't beat the close by a touchdown and lose money. Um, like I did last week, essentially. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, that was my biggest bet. My biggest bet, too. I would have taken uh, it. I ended up plus two, money line. It's happened three times the last four weeks. I can't, I mean, I don't think it'll, might not ever happen again. I'm looking at the board. Yeah, there's no, I don't think there's a quarterback, crush my fingers, that I'll get word that's out and then beat the close by seven. So that was frustrating. They didn't even cover the tees. Um, nope, nope. But, uh, you know, squeaked out a winning Sunday thanks to uh, the Steelers, which got there for us. In miracle. Fashion. That was a miracle. But, uh, yeah, we are on to week 12. Let's get into it. Let's do it. And uh, we'll start by previewing the Thanksgiving slate. So we'll do all three games. Uh, we'll talk about those. Um, I actually do have bets on all three, so we can get into that. And then we'll go through our normal Sunday six-pack presented by The Athletic uh, Brewing Company and our totals, our teasers, all that good stuff. Uh, but before we kick things off, a few quick reminders. First, if you plan to bet on any sport ever and you still haven't downloaded the free award-winning Action Network app, what are you doing? It's got betting tools. It lets you shop for the best lines. It's got analysis from me, Stucky, the whole Action Network team. And most importantly, it lets you track every bet that you make. Second, if you need to reference our Sunday six-pack picks anytime, all you got to do is use the Action Network app and follow Sunday six-pack because we use that account to track these picks there every Friday. And finally, this is one of the best times of the year for gamblers and also one of the most hectic. So thank you for making us a part of your Thanksgiving week. Let's give this money. All right, Stuck, let's get into Thanksgiving Day football. We're on the bus getting ready to broadcast the traditional Thanksgiving Day game between the Lions and the Bears this year. And John, as you think about all the people around the country sitting down to enjoy Thanksgiving with their friends and their families, we indeed have a lot to be thankful for. The first Thanksgiving Day game ever played was here in Detroit, the Chicago Bears at Detroit, and to me there's nothing better. There's just certain things that go together, you know, the turkey, the family, the tradition, football, and we have it all today. 
So Thanksgiving starts bright and early with maybe the ugliest game of the week. Chicago going to Detroit. The Bears, a three and a half point favorites, the total down to 41 and a half. What do you think about this one? Uh, I actually played the Lions plus three and a half. Hello, Detroit. You've won my heart. You know, and if you're looking to avoid family talk, because this is the game where if you don't have any money on it, you're like, oh, I got to catch up with my hand here because there's no reason to watch what might be Jared Goff, what might be our boy Tim Boyle against what looks like will be Andy Dalton. And by the way, the Bears currently have the longest winless streak in the NFL right now, despite the Lions not having a win. They have a tie in there, and the Bears have lost five straight. And if you go back to the first time that these two teams played, the Lions were right in it, right? They were, I believe their first four drives went down into the red zone, and they only scored once. I mean, you had like fluky snaps and golf fumbles, and they were able to actually move the ball. In that game, in Chicago, the Bears were minus three with Justin Fields at home against Jared Goff a few weeks ago. And the Bears ended up winning that game. Well, what has changed since now? The Bears are minus three and a half on the road at Detroit. And what has changed since? Okay. I mean, they both have covered uh, in, in close games, right? So I've, I've, I've really downgraded both of them. And most importantly, I don't see big, a big difference between Fields, Dalton. I actually think it's a slight upgrade, but you lose the leg component. And Dalton's not going to crush you downfield and take advantage of this line secondary, especially with what looks like no Allen Robinson. I also don't think there's a big drop-off between whether it's Goff or, or Tim Boyle. And the Bears have suffered a lot of injuries. I mentioned Robinson. Khalil Mack is out for the year. You know, they, they recovered three fumbles in that game. He recovered one of them. It doesn't look like Akeem Hicks will play. I mean, they just have injuries across the board. This is most likely the last chance for the Lions to get a win this year. I expect you get their best effort, again, pulling out all the stops. You've seen the Lions do this to start games and trick plays. And, look, the Bears just lost to Tyler Huntley in excruciating fashion. They're three and seven. They're going to Detroit, like a team they already beat, a winless team. I think this team is done. I think Nagy's done. I think this is the final nail in Nagy's coffin. I'm rolling with the Lions plus three and a half. I make this game – now, there's some injury uncertainty with the quarterbacks, but it's not going to swing it one way or the other, even if you started on one of the teams. I make this closer to to one, one and a half, and uh, I'm rolling with Detroit. Ties will work here for plus three and a half. <laughs> I hope not because I have the spoiler alert. I have to take the Bears in my survivor pick this week because there's really there's nothing to take here. But, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really shaky spot for Chicago. I, I played the under in this game. You're not going to see many points. Both of these teams are three and seven toward the under this year. And there's a reason for that. You know, you said you downgraded them a lot. Well, I'm sure a lot of that happened on offense. Uh, I know the Bears have some injuries on defense, but uh, you saw what kind of games they both played last week. 16-13 for the Bears with a backup quarterback. The Lions with, uh, you know, a backup quarterback themselves and then playing a backup caliber quarterback because Baker Mayfield ain't right. Uh, And they played a 13-10 game. So uh, I expect more of the same. It's a divisional game late in the year, second divisional game. Uh, I expect it to be tight. I don't expect – I don't expect the offenses to be able to put in too many wrinkles um, just because it is a short week. So I think you're going to get just a straight-up game played by both teams. It probably will be close, but uh, I don't see it high score. And so uh like the under on this one e- even more than I like uh, – even more than I like a side just because the Lions, they just always find a way to 
screw things up. But uh, I can't disagree with that necessarily, especially when you get in the hook at three and a half. But uh, under is my favorite play in this one. This should be the night game, the eight o'clock after the family's all gone. You eat, you have all your food, and you can nap in and out throughout the whole game. This should just be the, you know, in Madden, you could just quick sim it, super sim, just, just to the end of the game. Just like, they shouldn't have to play this one. Just like, just like play this on Madden and tell us what happened. Again, a happy Thanksgiving. We got a turducken, right? Yeah, this thing here is a deboned duck stuffed in a deboned chicken stuffed in a deboned turkey. We're stuffing. Now you're talking. All right, let's go to Vegas at Dallas. So this is actually the biggest spread of the week. Dallas is favored by seven and a half. The total is 51. Dallas without Amari Cooper due to COVID, likely without CD Lamb. I know there's some reports that he may play. I don't think he's going to be able to clear the protocol on a quick turnaround. But what do you think of this game? Really? What makes you say that? Because that's that's an important aspect of this. The initial reports were that he wasn't. And then, like, there was, like, team, like, people within the team were like, oh, he's doing well, he's in meetings, like, but, like, look at team optimism is, like, a little different from the initial reports were that he's going to miss the game. So, I still think he may not be able to get cleared. You hardly ever see a guy get cleared for a Thursday from a Sunday game. So, I mean, we'll see. But, yeah, that, I mean, it obviously is big, but I, I'm not expecting him to, to be cleared. I make this right around seven, assuming, you know, with some of the injury uncertainty, the Cowboys potentially could get Demarcus Lawrence back. That's up in the air as well. I think Tyron Smith is going to come back from what I'm hearing. It looks like he's good to go. That's big to get him back in the fold, especially in this matchup. I mean, that's basically what the Raiders have to rely on. You know, they have two corners that are, that are playing pretty well, but everything starts with the pressure that they're able to generate makes the job easier on the back end. You know, if Dak's able to get time here, even without Lamb, he should have success in the short to intermediary term. You know, you have Gallup back in the mix. And the Cowboys can go run heavy here and have success running against the Raiders. And I was actually really impressed with the Cowboys' defense last week without Lawrence, without Gregory. They held up pretty well. Their numbers continue to be up toward the top of the league. And the longer you go, the bigger sample size, it's, it's more meaningful uh, Michael Parsons is just unbelievable. Uh, I mean, you just I, – I, the Cowboys are going to be really scary, obviously, once they get Cooper and, you know, Lamb back and their offensive line is healthy. And then this defense has all their pieces because you can have Gregory, who's one of the top – he's been one of the best edge rushers in the NFL this year. Lawrence. And then, like, you can – I mean, Parsons is playing at, like, a top five level just as an edge rusher. But you can use him as an edge rusher. You can move him all around the field when you have Lawrence and – that's a, that becomes really scary and tough for teams to defend using him as a chess piece. That Just his speed is unbelievable to watch. But I think Dallas should bounce back here at home. There's something off with the Raiders. Um, I generally like them as an underdog. And Carr, they just seem like one of those teams that plays up and down to teams. But I just haven't liked the way that this team is trending. Maybe all of the things that they've had to deal with, the coaching and rugs, and it's just caught up to them, and, and they're tired. And But there's pro- they, the offensive line has issues. I think Dallas has shown that they can generate pressure without blitzing. Using Parsons, that's how you get to Carr. I think Dallas wins this game. Decent teaser piece, decent money line parlay piece. I think the line is about right. Would bump it a little bit if Lamb comes back, and Smith, and Lawrence. But I think regardless, it'll be right around seven. Playing the under in this game? Uh, I think it's a couple points too high, kind of because of what you mentioned. I think people look at these two teams and they envision kind of a shootout, bad defenses. But Dallas is number four 
in defensive DVOA. And remember, that's schedule adjusted. They, they did hold the Chiefs to 19 last week, you know, just when it looked like the Chiefs were getting it back together. They're ninth in pressure rate, even without, you know, a lot of their top pressure guys that you would think would be their top pressure guys on the D-line uh, for much of the year. Uh, Vegas is also, you know, 15th. They have Ngakwe and Crosby. They're, they're getting pressure. I think, you know, I think Dallas can control the game, but I don't think it's going to be one of those games where, you know, both teams get in the shootout. I think they're, at least one of these offenses, if not both, are liable to be a little bit under expectation. I, again, I'm not expecting Lamb to play, and that is big. I mean, you know, he's not going to practice probably either way. He sat out of practice Tuesday as we record this, so he's, he's only got, you know, estimated out Monday, you know, Tuesday, no practice. So, you know, they're not going to do anything crazy with him. I think it helps, you know, when, when Dak doesn't have practice time or he, and he may not have, you know, his full complement of weapons because what do the Raiders do? They play a lot of single high. So, you know, missing, you know, already Cooper, but then potentially another one of your weapons, you know, that's not good for Dallas. So uh, I think th- I think this is the under game. I think the public is probably going to come in on the over. Um, so you may, you know, if Lamb is ruled in or whatever, not you may get to a 51 and a half, maybe a 52. Um, I, I played it at... Uh, at 51 because uh i you know i'm just going off the, the report that lamb wasn't going to play initially but uh either way you probably could wait and get an even better number uh if he is indeed ruled in but either way i like the under in, in this game i'm assuming that with smith back or even without smith back you know and say uh, if lamb is not playing cooper is out the offensive line should have a major advantage in run blocking up front so i think dallas will go pretty run heavy here. They did this. They did that against uh, the Chargers, and that game went way under. I think yeah. that you could see a really run heavy game script here. If you look at some of the advanced metrics, I think you could see Dallas controlling the clock with a now fully healthy offensive line in those two backs, and then setting up the short passes so you could have the clock bleeding throughout here. And the reason we're getting such a high total. You know, it is it is indoors. You know, that's 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 the thing about all these games. So I think that's another thing that you're getting a little bit of value here on some of these totals because they're getting bumped up a little bit because it's you know they're playing them indoors for so people can stay warm on Thanksgiving. By the way, it's very interesting that all six teams that are playing on Thanksgiving lost on Sunday. They're all coming off of a loss. I don't know why this is. Maybe you have a an, an opinion on it, but Thanksgiving NFL favorites are 32 and 14 against the spread since 2005, 32 and 14. If you look at favorites of seven or more, they've also crushed. I don't necessarily know the reason other than we have seen favorites on Thursdays dominate short week. So I think the more talented team generally has the advantage and the teams that are usually heavier favorites, most more times not, they have a better coaching staff. Something to keep in mind, favorites have crushed on Thanksgiving historically over the past 15 years. Uh, and also, I think a big part of that is the Lions play on Thanksgiving every year. So, you know, that I'm sure that plays into it. Detroit! All right, let's go to the final game, the primetime game here. Buffalo at New Orleans. Game is a little more interesting maybe than we thought it was going to be just because Buffalo is kind of nailing and clawing for playoff positioning now they just dropped one to indy uh new orleans you know they were in good position after they beat the bucks a few weeks ago and now they've lost what three straight uh games so yeah it's it's, it's been tough for both of these teams both of them are desperate for a win <laughs> it's another one where i like the under i mean you have two average offenses buffalo's 14th in off uh, in offensive dvoa new orleans is 15th and 
probably not even as good as that when you consider what's going on with, with Simeon and maybe those Tart Taysom who they just paid. And uh, but you have two average offenses against two elite defenses. Buffalo's first, New Orleans is sixth. The total has dropped. You know, it's been steamed uh, by some sharps. Dropped one in. Uh, a half points, you know, from open. And when it's, when a primetime total drops one and a half points, because usually primetime games, you know, you're going to see the, p- the public come in heavy on the over. But when primetime games have dropped one and a half points, when there's been enough money to move that down, uh, 56%, you know, over, you know, a few hundred games sample size uh, in our Bet Labs database going back to 2003. So um, there's another one where, you know, I, I like the under. Uh, I know New Orleans has been getting into some, odd shootouts because they've been getting down and then kind of having to claw their way out of it. But I just think Buffalo, I just think you get a really focused defensive effort from Buffalo and, you know, Sean Payton, what is he really good at? You know, master schemer, offensive schemer, short week. I just don't know how much he's going to be able to, to install here. So, I mean, the saints are kind of, they got, got their hands tied. Ingram's out of practice. Kamara's out of practice. I mean, who, who's touching the ball for the saints this week? Jones? These guys are missing practice. Jones? Who is it? Jones is the, yeah. Tony Jones Jr., Dwayne Washington, Ty Montgomery. I mean, like, it could get ugly for the Saints. You could just get an egg from the Saints offense and just win this comfortably, you know, with the under if the Bills just show up at all. But I also think you get a really focused defensive effort. And both of these teams really good at stopping the run. So it's like you're going to see a lot of second and long, third and long, uh, perfect situation for for an under. So that's how I'm looking at it. What do you think? Yeah, I'm here to talk about the – the Bills are going to be fine, everyone. If you have, didn't get a, few, a Super Bowl future on there, I got some 14 to 1. You might be able to find a good number now. This Everyone that's panicking about the Bills sounds like the people that were panicking about the Bucks last year, the Chiefs four weeks ago. This is the league. It goes in cycles. And I'm here to tell you that the Bills, they have a couple issues right now that I'll, I'll talk through really quickly. But they've just been really unlucky. A good article on, uh, on The Athletic about this today. But, look, they're 27th in penalties EPA – they're three for 10 on fourth down league average about 50%. Last year, they were 80. They're the second worst fourth down team from an EPA perspective in the entire league. Allen 29th out of 37 quarterbacks in EPA per interception. So that just means, you know, interceptions are bad. His interception rate ticked up a little bit. Cover two. A lot of teams are running this. You're seeing them do it against Mahomes. You're seeing them. It's given them the bills a little bit of trouble, but they, the interceptions are coming just at a really poor time. So, you know, if you, turn it over in someone else's territory compared to if you turn it over at midfield, blah, blah, blah. Now, they're also 0-3 in one-possession games. Last year, they were 4-1 and in one-possession games. Allen slips at the five against the Titans, right? All, all their losses before last week were one, by one possession. Easily could have won the games. They're, all six of their wins were blowouts. And you could say, yeah, the schedule's been easy, but it's, it's not easy to blow out teams by 20-30 in the NFL. They're still number one DVOA defense. Their offense has ticked down. It's about league average. Why? Offensive line injuries have been killer. You have like Ford in there, Spencer Brown, COVID list. He's out. You know, you have uh, Feliciano's out. You move Dawkins to tackle, and it's just a disaster. He's so much better at guard. So the offensive line has been bad, getting a lot of pressure. Cole Beasley dealing with a rib injury. Emmanuel Sanders just doesn't look right. And then Josh Allen isn't as accurate this year. That's something he has to fix in the intermediate routes because teams are – running a lot of too deep safety and saying we're going to take away the deep play. On top of that, they're able to get a lot of pressure because the offensive line is a mess. Look at the Jags game. It's exactly what they did. Too deep safety, got a lot of pressure. Colts, that's their base defense. And they both slowed down this Bills offense. But Allen went from second in completion percentage over expectation last year to now 16th. And that's a major difference. There's also red zone struggles. But there's a lot of things going on with the offense. The defense is still elite. 
Last week, they didn't have star. But to Laley and I, you know, before the season, I said how key he is to their run defense, to everything, to everyone kind of sliding into place in that defensive line. Tremaine Edmonds didn't also play. So their defense is going to be fine. It's still a little bit vulnerable to power run games, but you know, the Saints banged up offensive line, banged up running backs. I don't, I don't know how they really move the ball here. And then after what Peyton saw last week, he's yeah all those picks go look at that game by the way you saw that score it's like 30 yard drive 20 yard drive 10 yard drive just so pick six he doesn't want Simeon to lose this game I do have a bit of concern about the Saints defense like I have it graded elite but Darnold has a career day against them uh Matt Ryan has a career day against them and that Falcons offense the Giants so they have like these really good performances then these really head-scratching performances. So I'm trying to dig in to find out what's going on. But I expect a bounce-back performance here. They have bounced back pretty well this year. The Bills' offense is just off right now. And the, Spencer Brown is probably going to be out again with COVID. Luciano's still out. So you're going to, that offensive line probably going to get dominated up front by the Saints. Saints still have good, good secondary here that can compete. And I don't think the Bills are going to fix their offensive problems overnight. I think this long extended break before the Patriots, I think on a Monday night, ooh, baby, uh, especially if they lose this game and the Pats win, be a great spot. But, uh, yeah, I think that the Saints, I don't see the Saints doing much because they can't really take advantage of this the weakness right now without star up front. And Simeon's not going to move the ball. Bills' defense should – I mean, they were embarrassed. You listen to all their pressers. Saints' defense should bounce back as well. Peyton, by the way, off a loss, 50-27 against the spread, 65%, covering by almost four points per game, second behind only Belichick. And as an underdog, we always said the underdog god, 45-26-2, and 63.4% only behind Tomlin. Let the greatest of all time look at your work. But I don't want to get involved in this game from a side perspective. I agree with you yeah. on the under. I think both defenses. I know the Bills are really pass heavy. They pass more than any team in the league. But I think this is a game where both defenses show up. Both offenses still have major questions and injuries. And this is a desperation game for both teams, both well coached. Uh, so the line is probably ticking up right now because of the injuries to Kamara and Mark Ingram. If it got to seven, I would have to probably consider the Saints. Uh, but for me, it's, I agree with you, it's on the under. And the Bills will be fine, everyone. And if they lose, they're still going to make the playoffs. That'll give us uh, a great opportunity to back them against New England next week. Yeah, I mean, I thought about it too, like the Peyton spot. Like this is just a Peyton spot off a loss, off a multi-game streak, off, as a dog, home dog, no less. But yeah, like the, it's what scares me is the Bills are also off a loss. You're going to get their best effort. You know, I think another thing that's been an issue for the Bills offense, obviously Josh Allen hasn't been as accurate but Cole Beasley's been a little more banged up than usual this year. He's got his um, ribs. Yeah, rib yeah, and if you look Knox at his numbers. Knox is out, too. Yeah, well, yes. But, like, Beasley's yards per catch, first two years in Buffalo, 11.6, 11.8. This year, 8.5. Average depth to target, his first year, 8. His second year, 7.8. This year, 5.5. Yards after catch, 4.9 first year, 4.3 the second year, 3.8 this year. So it's like Beasley's been relegated to, like, underneath like check down but like first down maker to just a guy who's catching like a two-yard pass and not really doing anything with it so like Josh Allen doesn't have that safety blanket because that's when Josh Allen really started improving as a passer when he got a guy like Beasley instead of just having to chuck it deep to like Zay Jones and Robert Foster and John Brown all the you know what I mean like he it's not as productive this year so yeah we'll, we'll see what happens but I expect this to be just a close defensive game Saints crowd should be loud 
don't expect the Bills, like you said, to correct everything in, in a week, but uh, I do expect both teams to show up. Yeah, same thing with Diggs. Six, 69% of throws are on target to Diggs this year. Last year, it was 83 Mm-hmm. And that's why he had a monster year. That that tick down of accuracy makes a huge difference. It's one of the best staffs in all of NFL. They will figure it out by the end of the year. They have to make some adjustments. You see it. So week to week league in the NFL, decent number. I make it around four. But if the if the Bills get up, right? Like if they make a big play, hit a big play, and they get up like seven, ten, fourteen, uh, it's over for the Saints. So they're just incapable of coming back with with Trevor Simeon. I'll tell you, Pat, this stuff is looking good and smelling good and tasting good. We got to dig in and start eating now. It is good, but you got to hurry because it's getting close to game time. And we just like to say happy Thanksgiving to you guys back in the studio. All right, let's uh, let's give the people what they want. Let's open the Week 12 Sunday Six Pack presented by our friends at Athletic Brewing Company. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open. The Sunday Six Pack. All right, Stuck. Rough couple of weeks for me, so we're back to tied up at 36 uh, apiece. <laughs> Somehow Pittsburgh got that miracle cover. Didn't even expect them to do that. I, I almost turned that game off in the fourth quarter. That's how over I thought it was. But Chargers game is never over. Never. <laughs> it's same thing. It's, it's nuts how it's the same. It's like, it's like the, kind of the same thing, except they're winning some of them. They used to lose pretty much all of those. But I am up first this week. So for my first pick of the Week 12 Sunday six-pack, the first overall pick of the Week 12 Sunday six-pack, I am going with the Pittsburgh Steelers, plus four and a half at the Cincinnati Bengals at BetMGM. I think this number is just too big. I think it's closer to a field goal game. I know Pittsburgh has been just ugly all year, but – because they, they've been just ugly enough to be underdogs and, you know, in a lot of these games and, you know, we're kind of getting a lot of value on their lines. I mean, this is in DVOA, overall DVOA. And remember, this is schedule adjusted. We're 10 weeks into the season, 11 weeks into the season now. Pittsburgh 22nd, Cincinnati 21st. So these are pretty evenly matched teams. Uh, this shouldn't – how does this get to four and a half? Like, I know Pittsburgh's been ugly, but Pittsburgh – actually has the better offense in terms of DVOA 21st versus the Bengals 23rd for all the talent Cincinnati has on offense. Uh, something's not quite right. I think it's the play calling, honestly, I, I like, you know, Joe, Joe Burrow just tends to make like one or two key mistakes under pressure every game. The offensive line isn't great Pittsburgh, you know, they're not quite at full strength, but we still know they're going to be able to, to cause some disruption up front. I mean, I mean, Cam Hayward was a man possessed in that Charger game. I, I pretty much could thank single-handedly thank him for the cover. You know, Pittsburgh's even getting pre- pressure on punts. But uh, Cincinnati, they're often, they've just been better situationally than overall. And you just worry about that kind of regressing a little bit because, you know, they're 21st in offense overall, but they're 15th on third down. Uh, they're fourth in the red zone. Well, Pittsburgh, seventh on third down defense, fourth in red zone defense. So uh, it's not going to be easy here. Also, uh, again, with Pittsburgh, a lot of these plays are, aren't based on just a matchup, you know, in uh, the numbers. It's based on the motivation here. And uh, Pittsburgh is one of the best teams to play based on motivation. This is a big revenge spot for Pittsburgh. Cincinnati came into Pittsburgh early in the year when we had we really didn't have impressions of either team yet. And, and they spanked them. And not only that, but they 
I think it was Tyler Boyd told the whole world that they gave up, that, that Pittsburgh just gave up. Ben Roethlisberger had that embarrassing, like short of the sticks throw to Najee Harris on fourth down. And then the Bengals just up. Oh, Pittsburgh gave up they, in their own building. It was sad. This, that. You think Mike Tomlin is not going to have that clip on a repeat over and over and over again? All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. In addition to the fact that this is just yet another rah-rah spot for Tomlin. What? A rah-rah Mike Tomlin spot. We win the game with this crew of bodies right here today. Uh, bring your game today. Woo! Divisional opponent on the road, underdog. As a dog from week three on, 36-15-2 against the spread. 72%. As a dog versus a, an opponent with an equal or better winning percentage, 29-7-1, and 82% against the spread on a sample of 37 games. Mike Tomlin, as an underdog, coming off a loss, 14-6 and six against the spread, 70%. And Tomlin has always owned Cincinnati until, you know, this year. He was 20-8 and eight coming into this year, now 29 with the loss against the spread, 69% still uh, Mike Tomlin against Cincinnati. So, I mean, this is just the perfect spot beyond the fact that the number is just too big, you know, in this game. This is just the perfect motivational spot for, for Pittsburgh. So, going with Pittsburgh, plus four and a half at Cincy. You're also backing Ben Roethlisberger, the king of Ohio. All he does is win at Cleveland and Cincinnati. We're recording this on Tuesday night, so you guys can have it out Wednesday. We have Thursday games and Thanksgiving. So there's a couple games out there where there's a lot of injury uncertainty. The Steelers' defense last week was obviously really shorthanded. Now they're traveling. It was an exhaustive effort. Is, Is Hayden, Fitzpatrick, Watt? We don't know that as of right now, right? No, I'm hoping we get at least one or two of those guys back. You know, I think the most likely, but, uh, you know, if we just get one or two of those guys back in this spot, I, I think it'll be a good look. Yeah, I can't can't fault the spot. And, yeah, the, it is the play calling that's, that's holding back this, this Bengals offense. And, I mean, they're either on first down just running it, ba- like basic runs, inefficient basic runs, or they're just going spread five wide. And it's like, all right, now I know you're going to throw. Like, there's just lack of uh, a lot of motion and, and play action. And uh, they're just not putting Burrow in great spots to succeed. So, yeah, I don't mind a classic Tomlin spot. My kids want to have a good Christmas. That's taxes in the Tomlin spot. So don't hate that at all. Uh, for my first pick of the Week 12 Sunday Six Pack, and the second overall, I'm going with the Los Angeles Rams plus one at BetMGM against the Green Bay Packers. It's funny. Now, Packers fans all think I hate them um, because I've been against them the past couple weeks. And two years ago on this podcast, at the end of every episode, I said, go pack, go uh, with my Packers future. Uh, it's a week-to-week week league, Stuck. It's a week-to-week week yeah. league. <laughs> I love Packers fans. Some of the most passionate in all of sports. I hope to get up to Lambo and have, have some beer with uh, some of you one day. It's on my bucket list. I've actually never, never been. But look, the Packers are a really good team. They have Aaron Rodgers. You're going to have a chance to win when you're fully healthy. And then, look, I said this going into the Minnesota game. The defense was playing at an elite level. But I was like, there's no way they can sustain this. With Kevin King, Rasul Douglas, and you know Stokes, and Shannon Sullivan. And look, Kirk Cousins went off last week. And so I think that there's still more regression coming for this defense, which is still banged up. Look, I mean, you, you lose Jair Alexander. He's one of the best corners in the NFL. You lose Adarius Smith, you know, Rashawn Gary's banged up. And you got to keep in mind, there's a bye coming up next week for Green Bay, a much-needed bye. And they're the most, one of the most cautious teams in the NFL when it comes to injuries. 
But here's it's just a great matchup for the Rams. They went out and got Von Miller for these teams, not for the Niners, right? Still don't match up well with these power running teams. And <laughs> oh my goodness. Maybe, maybe Green Bay comes out and you know, you see a lot of AJ Dillon. I think the Rams would take that, keep the ball out of Rodgers' hands. But look, they are an elite pass defense because they can get after the quarterback, they can disrupt the pocket, and they have a really good secondary led by Jalen Ramsey, who people think he's going to cover shadow Devonta Adams. He's not really doing that this year. I can see him doing it, though. That's the thing. They, they've wanted to get him up closer to the line of scrimmage. And yeah, it makes him like sense. A, star, a star route. The star, a star, yeah. Position. But not every team – like, like you yes, teams have number one receivers, but not every team has a number one receiver worth shadowing, if you think about it, right? But, like, yeah. the Packers do. Like, unquestionably, yeah. without a doubt, absolutely do. Yeah, I mean, he'll be on Adam sometimes, and yeah, maybe they do shadow him. I think it would be smart here. I know Rams fans are, are clamoring for that, but it's a really good matchup for the Rams, especially when you consider uh, here's the projected starting offensive line for the Packers on Sunday. Uh, Nijeman at left tackle, John Runyon, Lucas Patrick, Royce Newman, and Billy Turner. That's it. Bakhtiari just had another surgery. He's out. Elton Jenkins, who's elite, just went yeah. on IR. They lost their center, who was playing really well. He went on IR a couple weeks ago. And this offensive line is a makeshift unit. And now you have Aaron Rodgers, who has a toe injury that he says he can't wait to get to the bye for. He's not even – I don't think he's practicing much at all during the week. And now you have all these new offensive line pieces uh, going up against Aaron Donald. And now you're throwing Von Miller in there. This spells trouble uh, for – Rodgers and I don't know you could see I hope that Rodgers doesn't get hurt and some of the throws he makes are just so fun to watch so just a great matchup for the Rams and then also on the other side of the ball it's talked about the regression on their defense the Rams have the offensive firepower to take advantage of this and speaking of bye weeks it'll serve the Packers really well next week get a lot healthier well the Rams really needed their bye week mainly because Matt Stafford was dealing with a back injury, an ankle injury. Now he's reportedly back to 100. He's reportedly back to 100%. He wasn't even practicing before some of the games. His back was clearly bothering him. You saw some of the throws that he made in the past two games. So I expect a very sharp Stafford here against the secondary that the Rams should be able to attack, should be able to run on this defense as well. Sean McVay, great in this spot. 14-7-1 and one against the spread off a loss. 66.7% average margin of over three points per game. So uh, I think this is a great bounce back spot for the Rams off the bye against a beat up Packers team. Uh, this is just the right matchup for the Rams and the right spot and opportunity. Rodgers won't make it easy, but I think the Rams get home here. Yeah. And on the road off a loss, he's nine and three against the spread with a uh, cover margin, not even a margin of victory, a cover margin of seven points. He's covered by a touchdown in 12 games. On the road, off a loss. Yeah, that margin, by the way, that I said, 3.1, that's the cover margin as well. Um, so, yeah, and seven on the road, geesh. So, yeah, I think uh, it's, it's, it's a great spot for the Rams. What do you think about the line moving? Uh, because I will probably be joining you on this one. Um, I know the Packers tend to be a public team right now. We have tracked – 55% of the tickets on the Packers, but 66% of the money's on the Rams. So are we getting anything better than a one here? Is I might as well just kind of hop right now. I don't think so. The Rams are pretty much healthy. 
the Packers, I mean, there could be bad. There only could be worse news for the Packers with Gary or, you know, potentially Rogers. I mean, he has this, this foot injury that's apparently really bothering him. Didn't seem the mind didn't seem to bother him last week during the Vikings game, but uh, there's a buy on deck Packers extremely cautious as an organization when it comes to injuries. So yeah, I don't think you're getting better than one, even though the Packers are a public team from what I've seen in the market could be wrong, but I think one is the one is the grab here. Okay. I just bet it. <laughs> so, uh, let me just put that in the apps this is what I, w- I was looking at too i would have picked this one uh probably as one of my picks uh if you had and I, I i just think it is like you said a great matchup uh for the rams just you know like you said they got bomb miller for this they'll have odell a little more acclimated you know this week too i, I think that's big going against this pack yep. and everything starts with a run on their offense and you can run on this green bay team for my second pick and the third overall of the week 12 sunday six pack I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings plus three at the San Francisco 49ers. Mike Zimmer, uh, this is another good spot for him, but this is another one of those matchups where it's just two teams pretty evenly matched. Uh, you know, San Francisco, a couple of ticks better in DVOA. They're seventh. Minnesota's 11th. Uh, both teams have 6.7 estimated wins, according to Football Outsiders, which looks at, you know, the DVOA uh, differentials and point differentials and all that stuff. So pretty evenly matched game. I, I think it should be inside a field goal. So, you know, as long as you can get it at three or more, I know it was at two and a half at one point. I think this is one of those letdown spots for San Francisco. You know, they're coming off a couple of, of strong performances. Uh, you know, they, they, they handle the Rams easily. Then they get a, a gimme, an easy one against the Jaguars. They don't really put up much of a fight. They take up the whole first quarter on one of their drives. But now you got this Minnesota team coming to town. Their defense is playing well. Uh, you know, they're, they're deep on defense. They can throw the ball. They can run it, even though their underlying run metrics aren't that good. But you just look at these spots in the past when, you know, Kyle Shanahan's been here and you say, okay, 49ers at home against a similar team should be able to take care of business. Kyle Shanahan, just 9-19-1, and 32% against the spread as a favorite uh, in games where he's not coming off the bye. So as, as long as he's on normal rest, 9-19-1. As a home favorite, 2-13-1 and one against the spread is Kyle Shanahan when not coming off a bye. Two and 13. He's covering 13% of his games as a home favorite. And then you look at the 49ers, they're coming off a blowout win. So it's a letdown spot. Home teams that are 500 or below, so teams that are no better than 500, coming off a win of 16 plus, just 17 and 29 with two pushes against the spread, just 37% since 2003, according to our Action Labs database. And then you look at San Francisco this year. They're just one and four at home. That, that Rams win was their first home win all year. And I don't even need to go into the numbers of just the Levi Stadium curse. Like most 49ers fans think the stadium is cursed. You know, you go in the comments at like the Athletic or, you know, any place where, you know, the 49ers blogs and all the fans think the stadium's cursed. It's it, for whatever reason, they haven't played well there. So, you know, I'm, you know, two evenly matched teams. I'm getting a field goal and it's a bigger letdown spot for San Francisco. Mike Zimmer usually does well in these spots. We talk about it all the time. You know, as a favorite, eh, kind of like Shanahan. But as an underdog, 33 and 20, 62% uh, against the spread. Uh, so, yeah, back in Mike Zimmer. It seems like every week, same picks, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Minnesota. So uh, we're, going with, uh, we're going with Minnesota here. Just a letdown spot uh, for the 49ers. But against a Minnesota team that's just – it's very good, too. Both of these teams are playing good football. But uh, So I'm just taking the points here. Yeah, I'll touch on this game later, but uh, 49ers, they've really picked it up here. It's a team I don't 
necessarily – it's a team I'm going to be looking to back down the stretch, especially within their division. They were just getting really unlucky. They had a lot of injuries again. They're first in, their offense is first in EPA per play over the past month uh, in the entire NFL. They're really starting to get rolling. They've just been unlucky. They're a lot better than the record. Same thing with the Vikings, by the way. These two teams are, are very similar. And now this is a huge game that could potentially determine which one of these teams – gets that seventh spot, that final wild card, because this will be a head-to-head tiebreaker, and be a team that no one wants to play. That two seed does not want to play the seventh seed if it's either San Francisco or Minnesota. But I'll touch more on this game later. By the way, Kirk Cousins is playing just at a, a phenomenal level. Yeah, um, it's like and he, he doesn't get the credit, right? It's like he has like one bad game in there. And then, you know, maybe yet two, but, you know, every other game, I mean, he's making throws and he should be. I mean, he's got two great receivers, so, and a great running back. But yeah, uh, who are you going for your second pick? All right. For my second pick in the fourth overall of the week 12 NFL Sunday six pack, I'm going with the Carolina Panthers minus one and a half at BetMGM at the Miami Dolphins. Uh, what I don't love, necessarily love this number. It's not like I make Carolina minus four, four and a half. I'd show a, a bit of value on Carolina, and I just love the matchup here. One, I don't think either team's going to be able to throw the ball um, in this particular matchup. So Carolina can't really throw the ball. Miami's defense is playing really well, really aggressive. They have good corners. Their pass defensive metrics have been a little disappointing, but this is a team that can still defend the pass. Carolina, one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. So it's going to come down to who can run the ball. It's a game I think is going to be low scoring. Who can run the ball more successfully? Well, the Dolphins can't run the ball. Rush EPA offense, Panthers 18th, Dolphins 30th. Rush success rate, Panthers 14th, Dolphins 30th. The Panthers will have be able to sustain a few more drives than the Dolphins because the Dolphins can't run the ball. What's going to happen? It's going to come down to Tua behind what I think is the league's worst offensive line, trying to contain a pass rush that's number one in the NFL on adjusted sack rate. That's not going to end well. So I think that, you know, you'll see some mistakes from Tua. Yeah, I mean, Miami can't run it. This is just all out, attack the quarterback. The secondary is playing at a high level. And I think on both sides of the ball, Carolina is a bit undervalued right now because their season-long metrics include some Sam Darnold, uh, which is never a good thing, and no McCaffrey, right? Some McCaffrey back now on the other side of the ball. You, had, you know, Shaq Thompson was out. You added Gilmore. You had a, a lot of other injuries in the defensive backfield. And, you know, they were still playing pretty well. But they've added a lot of new pieces. They got rid of Darnold, which is always a, a net positive. They're going to go run heavy here. And I don't expect them to put up a ton of points. But I think that they'll be able to sustain just a few more drives than Miami. I think that their defense will make a few more plays on Tua, who will most likely be – in more passing situations because they can't run it at all. And that's when I think this Carolina defense feats. So I really like this matchup here for the Panthers. I will take them minus one and a half here. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with the the defense. I've loved this Panthers defense and the Dolphins have a real trouble running the ball uh, against pretty much everyone except the Jets. So uh, if they can't run the ball, you know, they really, they only have like one, I mean, they have, Two good receivers, I guess you call Gasicki a receiver. But, I mean, Carolina is so deep in the secondary that they can literally treat Gasicki like a receiver and put a corner on him if they so please. Yeah, you can put Gilmore on him if you want. Carolina on defense is going to lock up. And I agree, they, they are the better offense in this game. Cam Newton gives them 
something that you know that Sam Darnold didn't give them, that PJ Walker didn't give them, and and, and they're still going to be fired up. You know, now they're coming off a loss. I mean, they're still in the playoff hunt too. So uh, I think you're going to get a, a motivated effort from Carolina, and and Miami's averaging just six yards per target against man coverage compared to seven point three against zone. And like you said, Carolina has a more than enough uh, personnel to play man coverage in this spot and just, you know, blitz the quarterback. So uh, it could get ugly. Yeah. And they're uh, have graded out top three in the league against tight ends for the Gasicki matchup. So yeah, give me the Panthers here. All right. Uh, for my third pick and the fifth overall in the Sunday six pack, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus three at Indianapolis. And listen, Indianapolis playing some great football. Uh, you know, they, they really are. There are a couple of overtime games away from being on a pretty huge winning streak right now. They're, they're kind of back to that level that we saw them last year uh, when they, had, you know, they were a little bit healthier. They had Rivers at quarterback, but I don't think this is a good matchup for Indianapolis at all for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, Tom Brady, everyone says looking at, you know, the, the Bucks this year, what's the narrative? They can't play on the road. That might be true. I mean, played poorly on the road. Their point differential is what? Like plus it's like 28 points better uh, on the uh, at home than on the road. But this isn't a normal road matchup for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's indoors. So, you know, Brady, a little bit older, you know, some of these outdoor games, some of these road games, I think uh, a little tougher, but there's no pressure. There's no, the Colts aren't getting pressure. So you got an indoor game where the Colts aren't getting pressure. They're third from the bottom of the league in pressure percentage at 18.4%. And we saw what happened against the Giants, who are also in the bottom five. You know, it was just the, the Bucks could have put up 45 in that matchup. Uh, and then on the other side, Jonathan Taylor has been an absolute beast. The Bucks, they, they don't have Vita Vea. They probably won't be getting it back, but uh, still one of the better run defenses in the league. So, you know, you expect them to be able to slow him down a little bit more than some of these other teams uh, if, that, if there's such a thing. But Tampa Bay's defense, they're getting a little bit healthier. You know, Murphy Bunting uh, is back. And, you know, this defense is up to seventh in DVOA. You know, despite all the injuries, they're still seventh, and that's schedule adjusted. So uh, their offense is first, and their defense is seventh, and they're first in overall DVOA. Indianapolis is eighth in, in DVOA, 11th on offense, and, and ninth on defense. So, Tampa Bay still got the better unit on both sides of the ball. I got a two and a half. If you can get a two and a half for minus 120 or less, I think it, it would be worth it here. Could be a close game. The Colts have been competitive, but I could also see Tampa Bay blowing them out here. Tom Brady's still not happy about that losing streak. He still knows he has work to do. You know, they didn't just completely blow out the Giants, which I think may have been good because it'll keep them focused and things to improve on. Gronk back, I think, really opens up that offense because uh, it gives Brady – uh, another option over the middle of the field to just jam it into another big guy and breaks playing well. Maybe they even get Antonio Brown back here. And I just don't know that the Colts have enough outside of Taylor to keep up with the Bucks, you know, and, and get in the shootout here. I, I think the, the Colts good matchup against the Bills. The Colts like to drop back in the zone to play too high safety. Josh Allen struggling with accuracy. So maybe we should have saw that coming, but Tom Brady's not going to struggle with accuracy. He's going to know exactly where to go with the football uh, and I think he's going to make the Colts kind of score on the other side. And that's where they start getting into trouble, where they just can't hand it to Jonathan Taylor, you know, 30 times a game where Wentz has to make some plays. So uh, give me the Bucks minus three. Frank Reich at home hasn't been great. You know, 13 and 16, 45% against the spread. Just one in five against the spread is a home underdog. So it's been rare. But when the Colts are home underdogs, 
it's usually the market's usually been right about that. Uh, so give me the bucks minus three at Indy. I do have to give some credit to Quiddy Pay, who's playing really well. So he is generating some pressure. And then and there's a lot of promise with this kid, Odangbo. The, the both of them were draft picks of the Colts in this most recent draft. And he's he's only played four games, but he's looked pretty good. But yeah, I agree. I don't think the defense is ideal here to face the Bucks. Uh, yeah, I was actually going to be like looking into, okay, can Jonathan Taylor have a lot of success here? Yes. He's just been tearing it up. And, well, Quentin Nelson's day-to-day. And uh, I'll break some news for you here on the pod. Vita Vey is good to go for Bruce oh, Arians about an hour. no, really? Yeah, so that's That's huge. amazing. Yeah, no uh, wonder this line is worth it's, about a half a point. Yeah, um, it's going to three. Yeah, no, it's going to three everywhere. I actually did not know that when I bet. I, I just liked the matchup for the offense. I wasn't counting, but that's big news because, yeah, I saw Quentin Nelson in a heap. So that didn't look good. I mean, hopefully he's day to day. Nelson can't go. And then Vey yeah. is back. I mean, Vey is just so elite. At one of the primary reasons why. I mean, the scheme too, but just him in the middle makes this team impossible to run against. I, I do show value here, so I don't disagree with you. For my third pick in the sixth overall of the week 12 NFL Sunday six pack, I'm going with the, oh boy, Houston Texans minus two and a half at BetMGM at home against the New York Jets. Look, it's slim pickings out there this weekend. There's three games on Thanksgiving, but this is the third side that I did play and I do like it. I don't, you know, it's a number. It's not the greatest value in the world, but I actually do make this three and here's why. Uh, It's going to be a simple handicap. As of right now, I actually have the Jets rated worse than the Texans, believe that or not, believe it or not, from an overall roster perspective, assuming, and there's not a huge drop-off regardless, but assuming that Zach Wilson is going to start. That is the word, the most recent word is Zach Wilson's a go. I think he's the worst quarterback in the NFL. As of right now, he could still, you know, turn into a decent quarterback. But if you if you look at any metric across the board, he has been the worst rookie. Uh, he's just been horrendous what have we also seen this year we've seen quarterbacks come back from injury right and you look awful there's rust it takes a while to get back into the flow Uh, struggling rookie coming back from injury look i have no problem taking the texans who i barely ahead of the jets if they had flacco the jets really going to get up for this game i i don't i don't know but the texans have tyrod taylor the jets have zach wilson that's pretty much as simple as a handicap as I can give you, I'm getting the home team under three with a quarterback who has shown me nothing so far. He got us to the window in Tennessee with some lucky throws. Uh, but other than that, he's been horrendous. Might be a huge bust. We'll find out. But give me Tyrod Taylor and his legs, a defense that got some confidence last week with that Tennessee win, picking off Tannehill four times. This went to three, would not play it. Two and a half. Yeah, no advanced handicap. Just give me the Texans. They're going to sit back in that cover Tampa too. And that it seems like not what you want. Zach Wilson, you know, a guy who likes to throw down the field and struggles to read defenses. Probably not yep. what you want. So yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I, I kind of make it right in that two and a half, three range. So I, I don't have a strong feel for this game. I mean, this is just two bad teams. Maybe if this is later in the week and we were recording it, I would have a stronger take, but yeah, it's not much I can add other than they finally started playing Elijah Moore. Uh, so our pep talk works. He looks great. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, he looks great. All right, that's going to do it for our Week 12 Sunday six-pack. To recap, Stucky is going with the Rams plus one, the Panthers minus one and a half, and the Texans minus two and a half. I'm going with the Steelers plus four and a half, the Vikings plus three, 
and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus three. And that concludes our Week 12 Sunday Six Pack presented by Athletic Brewing Company, whose innovative process allows them to brew great tasting craft beer without the alcohol. From IPAs to stouts to golden ales and more, they offer a full selection of craft brews starting at only 50 calories. With two custom breweries in Connecticut and California, they've created a lineup of styles loaded with accolades, including the 2020 World Beer Award gold medal for their flagship IPA, Run Wild. With full flavor, low calories, and no chance of a hangover, Athletics Brews let you enjoy the refreshing taste of beer anytime and anywhere. Place an order today at athleticbrewing.com and get free shipping when you order two or more six packs and enjoy 10% off your order with promo code ACTION10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0. Cheers. All right, now it is time for our... Week 12, Coach's Pep Talk. We sucked. That's what it boiled down to. I'm totally embarrassed and totally ashamed. This week's Coach's Pep Talk comes from Steve Martin in the 1990 film My Blue Heaven. And just like we did last Thanksgiving, we're dedicating it to America's most famous Italian-American quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Just hope he doesn't cover I was in a hurry. I was on my way to church to say a few novenas for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not a Catholic holiday. Thanksgiving is very big with the Italians. Turkey cacciatore, sweet potato parmesan. There is no such thing as Thanksgiving in Italy. It is an American holiday. Ever been to Sicily by any chance? No. Thanksgiving is very big in Sicily on account of the large number of Sicilians who went to America and then got thrown back out. All right, let's get into our favorite total of the week. Duck, uh, I went first with the six packs. Where are you going for the total? Uh, I'm going with the New England Patriots and Tennessee Titans under 44 and a half at BetMGM. The Titans are an under team, people. They're now an under team. Remember that, that string of overs? That's oh, yeah, they're that? like 21 and four or something like that. Something ridiculous. Well, I- I have news for you. The Titans are now a defensive team. Uh, their defense is really impressive. They're getting a lot of pressure up front. You know, you have a couple of these guys. I mean, Byard's playing at an all-pro level at safety, but guys like Fultner coming on in a corner. But the pressure that they're able to generate up front is really making a huge difference for this defense, and they're able to do it without blitzing. Uh, here's a Titans profile for you. 22nd DVOA offense, 12th in defense. Uh, they're, you know, 16th in EPA per play offense, EPA per play defense better They're 11th or 12th. This defense is way ahead of the offense. Now, in fairness, the offense has dealt with offensive line injuries. There's no Derrick Henry. Uh, Julio Jones is on IR. AJ Brown is banged up and guess who has a bye next week? Uh, the Titans and they're sitting in pretty good position for the playoffs. They are coming off a loss, but you might err on the side of caution with some of the injuries here. And their defense is playing up and their defense is playing really well. I mean, last week they lost to the Texans because their offense was that bad. Right. I mean, they had four picks. I mean, I don't think the Texans got the 200 yards. So you go back to that Rams game. It looks like they scored a lot of points. It was all off the defense. They couldn't do anything on offense. How about the last five games in Titans total scores, total combined points, 35, 44, 44, 30, and then 65 in the overtime game against the Colts, and again, it was 24-24 at the end of regulation. But now that this Titans 
this Titans offense is a shell of itself. If A.J. Brown does go, Bill Belichick, you have one job. Get, take away A.J. Brown. No one better at doing that. So I, I just don't see how this Titans offense has much success here. The whole offense is now just – I mean, you obviously don't have Julio Jones. And, you know, A.J. Brown's been banged up too. But the whole offense is built off of Derrick Henry running the ball and then the fear of defenses and having to react to that and then the play action off of it. It's just a broken offense right now. And the defense is playing up. I don't think the market is respecting this Titans defense enough. And it took me a while to come around as well. And on the other side of the ball, um, the Patriots defense is balling right now uh, on all levels. They should shut down this Titans offense. And huh, these two teams are 23rd and 24th in situation mutual price. I don't, I don't see the Titans getting to – 14 past 14 or 17 in this game with the state of their offense right now. So uh, I'll take my chances with the Titans defense, which is playing extremely well, holding the Patriots to say, you know, under 28 to 30, which I think they can do. So give me the under here. Yeah. I mean, this Titans team, I know they put up yardage last week on Houston in, in a losing effort kind of one of those fluky games where they outgained Houston by a ton, uh, 420 to 190. But, the other, you know, the Rams, they get 194 yards of total offense. The Saints, they get, you know, 264. Now, those games are kind of the opposite game scripts a little bit. But I have real concerns about the Titans just generating yardage on a play-to-play and week-to-week basis going forward. So, yeah, uh, I, I don't disagree. I, I may join you here. Uh, for my total, uh, speaking about Denver and Chargers, uh, but I think I'm actually going to go with Carolina, Miami under 42 at, at Bet MGM. Uh, and you kind of hit on a lot of the key points. Miami offense going to struggle to get going because they can't run the ball. And on the other side, Carolina is not going to really have much interest in throwing it. So I, I think you're just going to see t- a kind of low scoring game with a lot of defensive plays. Carolina's 29th in offensive DVOA. Miami's 28th. Now, like you said, probably not Carolina up a couple ticks there. Uh, because they have been playing with, uh, you know, not the, not a full deck uh, or as full as it is now uh, for much of the year. But still, Miami's defense playing really well, like you mentioned. Miami has given up 9, 10, and 17 points uh, over the last three games. Yeah, one of them was against the Texans, one of them was against the Jets, but they also have the Ravens to 10 points. Uh, this defense is really coming on strong. And, uh, you know, we saw Miami make a run last year. Brian Flores is a guy that I think – defensively knows a little bit. So I I just don't see this game, you know, getting to where both of these teams are in the twenties, you know, and uh, that's pretty much what it comes down to. So give me the Panthers and the Dolphins under 42. This is more like a, a 40, 39, 40 type of total for me. And we could have a lot of humidity. I think we are in Miami. Humidity is high. That usually helps the unders uh, as well. Uh, all right. So the recap, Stucky going Patriots, Titans under 44 and a half. I'm going Panthers, Dolphins under 42. Now it is time for our favorite teaser of the week. Oh, yeah. Six point teasers. If you don't want me to, don't tease me. Don't tease me. Try to please me. Yeah. You're unfamiliar with teasers. It's when you get an additional amount of points toward the spread allocated uh, when you make two or more bets. 
So for example, an eight point favorite would become just a two point favorite and an eight point underdog would become a 14 point underdog. If you had a six point teaser, which is the standard uh, stuck has a lot of great content out on teasers. You could just Google Stucky and teasers or search it on action network dot com stuck. Where are you going with your teaser for week 12? Yeah. Keep it simple here. I don't mind combining the Cowboys with one of these teams, but for just Sunday purposes, I'll, I will be on this teaser uh, teasing the Vikings up from two and a half or from three to nine and the Broncos up from two and a half to eight and a half against the Chargers. Broncos coming off of a bye, Chargers coming off that emotional game. And all the Chargers do is play one possession games. And guess what? That's all the Vikings do is play one possession games. Vikings have yet to play a game that has not been decided by one possession. Chargers have only had two. Uh, so all, all these teams do is play close games. I expect both of these games to be close. It's just a war in in that San Francisco Minnesota game for playoff positioning with two teams playing really well should be a very competitive game. You know, if you need cousins to go down and get a back door against this, you know, the San Francisco secondary, which hasn't been great late playing prevent, you should be able to get that too. Uh, also with the Broncos, as I mentioned, coming off of a bye here, arguably playing for their playoff lives at home. All chargers do is play close games. Their special teams will keep you in it if their run defense can't, but this, I think this Broncos team can, is able to attack this Staley defense through the run, through some short passes with Bridgewater, Bridgewater underdog goat, by the way. Um, so I think the Broncos can keep this close in a division game. So I think those are the two most logical sides to tease this weekend. Yeah, I'm going with the Broncos uh, as well. And I'm going to go with the Rams here uh, just because you get them the plus one up to plus seven. I, I just, I think they're going to win this game, but I don't see them losing by more than a touchdown either way. Like I, I think they're going to hang right in it. Maybe you get unlucky with like an overtime and Packers win on like a long Valdez Scantling bomb or something like that. Hope not. Uh, Cause I bet the Rams, but uh, I'll go Rams plus one to plus seven uh, and the Broncos for the same reason you said, I, I think it's chargers team. You know, I, I love, I like Staley. I think he's a good coach, but team still seems a little bit overrated. I mean, every week they're playing close games. They're surviving on this third down luck. Herbert looks amazing one moment and the next moment just making like a head scratching play. Uh, so yeah, eight and Special a half. Special teams still in, stink. Yeah. yeah, in mile high, late in the season. Broncos coming off a bye. I mean, if this gets to three, this is a good argument to just play the Broncos here. Uh, but uh, it's two and a half, so we will tease it up. Uh, so yeah, that's what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, and, and by the way, this it's a good, it's a well-timed bye week for Denver as well. It's a team that, hey, take a look at what they had, their defense, their projected starting defense coming into the year, and then take a look at the defense now, especially at linebacker, um, you know, some guys in the secondary. Also, Bradley Chuck could be back this week. But having Fangio take those two weeks and figure some things out, work out some kinks with a lot of the new pieces, uh, I think you'll see a sharper defense out of the bye here. Yeah, that's what I thought about the total in in this game. You know, it's and he he did good things. What he did, what he did last weekend. If you look at that defense, how it graded out last year, like, and it was a, a shell unit of all all those injuries. So, uh, I, yeah, I don't mind the underlook either. Yeah, uh, may end up playing that one as well. You know, it's just the Fangio and Staley. You got the two, you know, deep safety gods yep. kind of fair enough against each other. So this could be like a twenty seventeen, another twenty seventeen type game. Even though the offenses have been better than the defenses for both. Uh, for both teams this year. All right, uh, that's going to do it for our favorite teaser. Stucky is going with Minnesota plus three up to plus nine and Denver plus two and a half up to plus eight and a half. 
And, and I'm going with the Rams plus one to plus seven and the Broncos plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. Now it's time for our Moneyline Underdog Parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay. All right. Almost almost had a uh, had the Pittsburgh Steelers do it. And uh, the Saints, they, they weren't very close. But uh, alas, we got to get back and, and hit another one of these. We've been doing pretty good this year. Uh, where are you going for your Moneyline Dog this week? Uh, I am going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. This Jacksonville Jaguars defensive front is really underrated. Um, I've checked them out a lot. I mean, look at their run defensive metrics. Like they're able to get some pressure. The Bills are having to like triple team Taven Bryan. And the Falcons just stink. And the I make the Jags <laughs> I'm so surprised by this based on where I started every both teams at the beginning of the year. But I make the Jags a slight favorite here. The Falcons are just awful. They look lifeless. Uh, there's just nothing going right for them. I, I'll, I'll take a shot with the Jags here and, and Trevor Lawrence. This Falcons team is bad. AJ Terrell is turning into a hell of a player at corner and like the next crop of really good corners. And yeah. Cordero Patterson, Cordero Patterson is uh, unbelievable to watch. Pitts will eventually be good. He's good now, but I mean, like a really good premier tight end. Their kicker is good. That's about it. It's the, those are the only positive things I could say about this Falcons team. Uh, and they don't get any pressure at all, so Lawrence won't have to worry about that. And I think that he can make enough plays here. And I don't know. I think that they'll have a shot to win this game, and I think they should be a small favorite. So we can, we can roll with Urban. Yeah, I, I actually don't hate it. I You know, the Falcons, I mean, Jesus, if, if Cordell doesn't play, then it's it's a, it's a smash spot. I mean, they, they almost have no chance. It's like they just can't generate offense. The defense isn't really – doing much of anything i mean what it was 43 to 3 and then 25 to nothing was that the last two scores that they lost by 68 to 3 over the last two weeks that's uh they might be the worst team in the week i mean forget the jets forget the jags forget the texans uh falcons have a good case for it uh for my money line dog you know where i'm going with this mike tomlin pittsburgh plus 160 at bet mgm tomlin on the money line from october on uh, as an underdog, 28 and 21, 57%. Uh, as a dog off a loss, 12 and 8, straight up, 60%. Um, he's winning, you know, more than half of these games as a money line dog, straight up. So, uh, you know, divisional game, like you mentioned, Big Ben tends to own these divisional opponents in Ohio. Uh, revenge game for the Steelers. Rah, rah, Tomlin spot. You ain't new to this no more now. You know what I mean? Steelers, you know, first time they lost in like over a month last week. They, they're you're, they're going to be focused. Uh, Bengals, a little bit of a letdown spot coming off a, a blowout win of the Raiders. So give me Pittsburgh plus 160. Uh, and if you parlay those together, it's a just a little over a 4X payout. So uh, if you put in 100 hours, you get back 507.62 for a profit of 407.62. That is according to the Action Network parlay calculator which you can find at actionnetwork.com or in the action network app the action network podcast is proudly presented by betmgm and to celebrate the 2021 nfl season betmgm is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners a one thousand dollar risk-free first bet you just open an account at betmgm and make your first deposit then make your first bet if that bet wins the money is yours And if your bet doesn't win, 
BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right, now it's time for best of the rest, which are the games we didn't break down in any other segment. First up, we got Phillies at the Giants. Three and a half uh, is what Phillies laying on the road with a total of 46. Uh, by the way, the Philly offense, they went really run heavy. We were saying earlier in the year, run the ball more. Over the past four games, they've been the number one rush heavy team. Yeah in on early downs and what is their offense done second in epa per play over the past four weeks top five in both rush and drop back epa since going run heavy four weeks ago it happened after that raiders game eagles defense by the way over that stretch third in epa per play the corners are playing really well they're starting to figure this out bad spot for the giants you know they're coming up short week you know they were on the road they're coming back home daniel jones is never great at home but Something else keep to worth noting, Giants 30th in DVOA against the run, 30th in EPA per rush on defense, and this Eagles offense is rolling right now. Competition wasn't great for those first three games, and then they played the Saints and ran all over the Saints, who were having a historically great season from a run defense perspective. So, yeah, the we were wondering about this staff. Now I'm a little bit more optimistic about some of the things that I'm seeing. Line is inflated uh, based on what the Eagles have done lately and um but i'm not sure i want any part of the giants here they seem like a team that's falling apart joe judge calling out coaches and jason garrett and uh that the eagles look good here but uh, i think the line's a little inflated no no interest for me yeah it's got to be a stay away i mean daniel jones is six and 12 just 33 against the spread at home giants 25th and early down success rate against the run on defense you mentioned the 30th and dvoa but i'm still not weighing you know three and a half points on the road divisional game uh, late in the year. Just, it's just, just a line that there's really nothing to do with it. Cause you want to play the Eagles, but the number is just, there's no value on the number. Uh, and the other game we have Cleveland at Baltimore Ravens, four point favorites, the total 46. It's Baltimore gentlemen. The gods will not save you. I'm assuming Lamar Jackson is going to be back for this one. Sunday night football. Has a little, you know, a couple extra hours to rest up here. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it's Tuesday night, and this is games on Sunday night, and there's a lot of injury uncertainty. I think it looks like Conklin's going to be back. It looks like Hunt might be back for the Browns. The Ravens have a lot of injuries across the board, receiver and the secondary. I think on the surface right now, from what I know, this line looks about right, and I have no interest. But a lot can change between now and the end of the week. I will have this game written up. 
I'll probably go way too in-depth about it because it's a Ravens game, and uh, I'm looking forward to this one. But I don't see any value right now. A lot to change, a lot to figure out from an injury perspective. So make sure you check out uh, actionnetwork.com and the Action Network app later in the week, and I'll have a full write-up for that game. Yeah, the Ravens have been doing decently in run defense. They are six to DVOA, so um, they're going to need that. Um, but, yeah, I agree. Just too many injuries to really know what's going on at this point. Uh, all right, yeah, and the Browns, the Browns' run defense has been slipping lately. I'm trying to figure out what's going on with that. And, I mean, the Lions ran all over them. Penalties have been an issue. Baker Mayfield's not fully healthy. So there's a lot of uncertainty on both sides of the ball. Um, but the penalties for the Browns, I mean, they, they have been really bad. They're number, I think they have, yeah, they're number one in the NFL in penalty yards. They've been killing the Browns as well. But Mayfield doesn't look comfortable. A lot of things going on on both sides of the ball here. So, uh, yeah, I'll be interested to break this one down later in the week. All right. Uh, let's go to our survivor pool pick of the week. The survivor pool pick of the week. You are still alive in your survivor pool, I'm guessing. So, uh, I know you're going with Dallas this week, right? Yeah. I had a bad feeling about the Titans last week. I'm glad I went with the box. Kind of like the gut feeling out with the Dolphins. Hopefully it's meant to be. We're down to 132. Six million winner take all. This week you got to pick one on Thanksgiving and one on Sunday. Brutal. I have to take the Cowboys here. I thought about going Raiders and then just trying to take the pot home or Lions. But there's only 130 people left. Have to just move on. I'm set up well with a lot of good teams left. Sunday's the hardest day left of the year. Yeah. Um, I don't know who to take. I, I'm actually considering the Texans. So if you're just in a regular survival, I would take Dallas if you haven't even following me. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking – I'm getting bad vibes about the Ravens right now. But there's a lot that could change with injuries, and there's also a lot that could change with quarterback injuries and COVID. So I don't know who my second pick's going to be. As of right now, it's either going to be the Texans or the Ravens. Uh, six million in line, I might be going with the Texans. It's, uh, I did it with the Dolphins in percent against the Texans. Tyrod hooked me up with some picks. Maybe Tyra can hook me up with some touchdowns this week. So, yeah, I'll let everyone know on Twitter. But Dallas would be my number one survivor pick. I'm going with them on Thursday. And then it's either between the Ravens and uh, and the Texans, unless something changes from an injury or COVID perspective. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the similar spot in this podcast, obviously. Not, not <laughs> no stakes similar. But, uh, I mean, uh, I think I want to go Chicago. I wanted to go Chicago with the more I think about it. I mean, divisional game, home you know, home dog is Detroit. Nah, These are games you, I usually don't. Yeah, it's usually I don't. So, I, ooh, but then I kind of have to go with the Texans. I, the Browns, you can't go Brown. I, I don't think you can go Ravens at this point. You know, div, another divisional game. Uh, just uncertainty, you know, who practices all week for them. Oh, I, let's go Texans. Texans. Let's, let's just go Yeah. Texans. Yeah. You know what? Like, I, at I, least we got we can root for the same thing. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like I, yeah, I don't want any part of the Bears. Not, I might not be bad. a mess on Sunday. Um, and yeah. then if the Texans lose, I'll have to like root against the Ravens in a way, so I won't be regretting it. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, right. Oh. I mean, good luck, man. That's that's impressive. Thanks, I mean, even brother. getting down to uh, to one thirty three, obviously impressive. And uh, you're twelve and zero or eleven and zero on the on the show so far this year. So uh, let's keep it going. Yep. All right. Oh, happy uh, Thanksgiving, brother. Enjoy your holiday and. Uh, yes, it's uh, looking forward to keeping this going through the end of the year. Is there a happy Thanksgiving to you and yours? And uh, same thing goes for everyone out there. Thank you guys again uh, for listening and uh, enjoy the holidays. Be safe out there. Uh, as a reminder, you can follow all our, our picks on the award-winning 
Action Network app. Just follow the Sunday Six Pack in the app's follow feature. You can find Stuck on Twitter, at Stucky2, and me, at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles in the Action app, uh, where you can track all your bets for free. Be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for our betting content. Check out fantasylab.com for our NFL DFS content tools and models. Until next time, let's get this money. Let's go.